Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, friends, uh, we're going to, believe it or not, I mean, we're going to continue this series, but believe it or not, we're in week 10 of Fire in Our Hearts. And uh, we've been going, we began 2023 with this series, and we had this prayer. What if we gave 2023 to the Lord? What if we surrendered it to him? And what if we said, Lord, it's all for you? What would a year look like where we surrendered it to him? And the, and the encouragement has really been since day one, like we believe God is building a fire. He wants to turn up the heat in your life. I started with this little image on week one, 10 weeks ago. And I just said really cheesy, it's like a cheesy, like what's your spiritual temperature, right? Put this thermometer up here. Are you freezing? Are you cool? Are you room temp? Are you warm? Are you hot? Right? And we just asked you that general question. And we're still asking it because the encouragement and the vision is to be a people who want to turn up the heat. And I believe God is doing that. I believe God is turning up the heat in this room. He is building his fire. He is making us hotter. He is making us stronger. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you look strong. I was going to have you say, you look hot, but I knew I can't trust all of you. In fact, actually, if you're married, that would be a good thing. Look at your, if you're married, look at your spouse right now and just say, you look hot. <laughs> Spiritually hot. Spiritually hot. Right? All right. Like I said, I want faith to rise up today. You can turn in your Bible. If you have a Bible or, or you have your phone or whatever, you want to go to Matthew 14, that'd be great. We're going to be in the story of Jesus walking on water. And we're in this story for a couple reasons today. One, namely because we are starting uh, this Bible reading plan uh, through the book of Matthew. And so I wanted some of these sermons that we are doing through uh, Fire in Our Hearts to be from the book of Matthew as we kind of approach, of course, the Easter season, but also as we are reading the Bible together. I can't encourage you enough. When we started the year, we know one of the ways we turn up the heat is to read the Bible and pray. And so we want to be uniting in those things, and and, and we're giving you tools to do that. And so be, be, be reading with us. Uh, but this this particular passage, this story, is one of the most impactful, memorable kind of kind of uh, stories in the book of Matthew. So I thought, let's, let's read this, let's dig into it, or let's step into it, as you will, as in step in, out of the boat, right? And so uh, look in your neighbor right now as we get into his word and say, let's walk on water. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Well, I'll pause right there. First of all, Jesus had just performed the the miracle of feeding 5,000, and the crowd uh, was going crazy at this moment, and so Jesus decided it was time to withdraw, get by himself, and he tells the disciples to get in the boat. And this this first verse, it really struck me this week. I hadn't really noticed or thought about it much, but Jesus made them get into the boat. He made them do it. Don't you know that Jesus knows, if you know this story already, there is a storm coming. These guys get into the boat. And there's a storm that's about to get furious on them, right? Jesus knows the storm is coming. Sometimes, for a greater purpose, God will send us into difficult things. How many of y'all know that? After he had dismissed them, verse 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn... Now, earlier translations, they use the, the phrase, they use the phrase in the fourth watch of the night. 
which means between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Why is that important? Because the disciples had gotten this boat no later than evening time. Some think probably late afternoon. And so at minimum, they've been in the boat now six hours, maybe nine or ten hours. Now, this is believed to be a two- to three-hour boat journey. So they have been fighting this storm for a while. How many of you guys know it's probably they're fighting for their life in this moment? At least that's what they think. Storms have a way of teaching us what nothing else can, though. Isn't that true? Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. I love how Matthew is so nonchalant about that. Like, he's walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Now, when I read that, I'm thinking, how could they have not had the realization that this is probably Jesus? I mean, when I read it now, knowing what I know, I'm like, they've been around Jesus long enough. Why would they not think this is Jesus? I mean, he's been doing miraculous things. Why would it not be Jesus? And I think it's, I think it's pretty profound that Matthew points something out here. Matthew, the author, is willing to admit that we don't always have eyes of faith, that often we have eyes of fear. And in this moment, in the middle of a storm, surrounded by the waves, that's when we struggle to recognize Jesus the most. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith. Everyone say faith. faith. We're asking for faith to rise up in this place. He said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. All right. So Peter and the disciples, they get into this boat. And we have to remember a few pretty simple things. First of all, these guys are experienced fishermen. They know how to survive in a storm. Even if it's a rough storm, they know, and they, they know that even though this boat is small, even though it's limited, they believe it's safe. It's the safest place to be. Peter knew that, and Peter certainly knew that outside of the boat was not the safest place to be. So when Jesus arrives walking on the water, the disciples are invited into a moment for faith to rise up. That's what's going on. And the temptation when we read this scripture, and maybe you've heard it preached this way before, because this is well-traveled preaching, 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 preaching uh, content, right? They, the, the temptation is to read this as a one-time courageous moment by Peter. Just so you know, Peter is not stepping out of the boat for fun. This isn't some like, who's willing to bungee jump with Jesus? This isn't like, who's the courageous daredevil of the bunch? That's not what's going on here. This was not about risk-taking. This is a story about obedience. Peter literally said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. And when he said come, Peter faithfully stepped out in obedience. Now, the elephant in the room about this story is that 11 disciples decided to stay on the boat. Which for them, it makes sense. Like, this is the small, yes, limited boat we have, but they believed it to be the safest place to be. 
Now, these 11 who stayed on the boat, now we have to just know this. They are not some spiritual chumps, right? I mean, maybe Judas is a chump, but the rest of them aren't. Like, these guys love Jesus. These guys have made huge steps of faith in their life already, huge obedience. But this moment where they, they could have let faith rise up once again, they chose to stay in the boat. And if I'm honest, and I'm sure if you're honest, I actually sort of identify with the 11 disciples a little bit more than I do with Peter in this moment. I mean, I'm inspired by Peter. I want to I do what he did, but what the 11 did is something I'm familiar with. What the 11 did is, 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 is sort of something that I would say is the norm. And we can call these 11, we'll call them boat people. Everybody say boat people. Boat people, I say that affectionately because we all have been there. Boat people aren't failures. They are in the boat that Jesus told them to get into. They are, uh, they are people who are faithful in a lot of ways. But boat people cloak their fear in being practical. Boat people disguise their lukewarmness, if you will, by a dedication to a boat. So when Jesus miraculously walks out to them, he sees his closest friends, and guess what? They're all in the same boat. You ever had anybody say to you, hey, you and I, we're in the same boat? That's what Jesus sees all the time. He's like, you're all sitting in the same boat that's small and limited, and I want to invite you into something more, but you just won't get out. You're all in the same boat. Let's think about faith for a moment. Most people would say, I want a stronger faith. I, want, I, want, I, I, I don't want a weaker I want to grow in my faith. And every day, though, we exercise faith, don't we? Every day we do. I know this is like, again, pretty simple, but I, when I walk over to a light switch and I flip that switch on, I expect and I have faith that the lights are going to turn on, right? I know when I, start, when I push the button on my car or turn the key, like it's going to happen. I put my money in a bank because I believe and have faith that it's going to keep it safe. And, the, and, and again, the most, the most simple sermon illustration is the chairs you sit in. It's, every pastor's used this one. We have faith in the construction of things that there are, our chairs are going to hold us up and this building isn't going to collapse. We believe and have faith in the construction and the, uh, of the integrity of what's been built. We don't lack faith. We actually have a lot of faith. However, we often have a placement problem with our faith. Right? Because for many believers, when the storm arrives, and when we have a season that's difficult, what happens is we become people who really struggle to see Jesus in those moments. Instead, we have eyes of fear. And we start to cry out on our own version, it's a ghost, instead of bid me to come, Jesus. When Peter stepped out of the boat, when Peter stepped out of the boat, something changed in him. And I have no doubt that this perspective shift was permanent. It changed something. This step expanded the, the possibilities, not just in this moment, but for the rest of his life. His spiritual temperature went up. His faith rised up, and that step made the steps that he would take in the future much easier for him to take. <clears throat> How many know that a life that desires to do things that matter for the kingdom will eventually end up at the edge of a boat? But how many also know <laughs> that the edge of the boat will happen over and over again in your life? It's not a one-time thing. All of us who want to have a stronger faith, a more confident faith, we have to understand this because I know most of us, if we follow Jesus, there's no way that we were, we're not, we're not wanting to have a weak faith. We're not wanting a faith that never grows. No, we want one that grows. 
So I, I want to show you something. It's a relatively simple concept. It's just a little tool that I think will help us. I want to talk about the fact that really what's going on in this story is we are talking about expanding your comfort zone. We're talking about expanding your spiritual comfort zone. All of us have a spiritual comfort zone, meaning the things that we're comfortable doing in our faith and practice, whether it be, you know, maybe I'm comfortable coming to church, but I'm not very comfortable with talking to other people about my faith. That's an uncomfortable area for me. So let me, I want to come back to this in just a second, but go to the next slide. We'll just put this in list form just to kind of give us some examples. Now, this is just, this is just maybes. I'm not, everybody's list is a little different. Over here on the left, we have our spiritual comfort zone. On the right, we have our, what we're spiritually uncomfortable doing. These are just examples. For example, attending church, I'm comfortable doing that maybe. Praying privately, yeah, I'm comfortable doing that. Talking about God with church friends, sure, why not? Where, where God has me with my job, yeah, I'm kind of cool with that, having to think about that. Having a quiet time, maybe I read my Bible every once in a while, I, I can pray by myself. So I'm comfortable with these things. But what about some other things that I'm not so comfortable with? Like PDA for Jesus. <laughs> Public displays of affection for Jesus. I'm not so comfortable with that. What about sharing your story with others? What about what if God wants to change your job? Are you open to that? What if attending a prayer gathering? We have Monday night prayer. Some of us are very uncomfortable with that. Or what about emotive worship, like expressing our heart for Jesus, raising our hands, kneeling? Now, I know worship comes in all different forms, but I know emotion is present in, in worship. It has to be. What about serving? Not just, you know, coming here and serving at church, but serving the poor, serving people you don't know. What about tithing, trusting God with our finances? What about growing in your spiritual gifts or mentoring and discipling someone younger or leading a small group or being in a small group or inviting neighbors over for dinner with intention and purpose to love them well, walking in spiritual authority? Some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. Admitting a need for help to others. Some of you are like confessing sin, inviting some to the church. Some of us are like, those are all, go back to the other one. Go back to the other one. Some of those are all like, outside of our spiritual comfort zone. Now, maybe you've had moments when you've danced, you dipped your toe into the pool. You're like, I touched the water. I invited someone one time, I remember. It was awesome. They said, maybe. And then I never asked them again. We all have our spiritual comfort zone, don't we? Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Because when I say this, what I'm trying to say is, like, for faith to rise up, I'm not looking for you to be more comfortable. The, the, the idea is to expand our comfort zone. Guess what has to happen? We have to be uncomfortable, right? We have to be willing to step into spaces that we are not comfortable. We've all experienced this sort of expanding and contracting comfort zone in our life. So when we think about Peter stepping out of the boat, I'm telling you, God is expanding his comfort zone. He's got something in mind for him. And sometimes when we think about stepping out of the boat, we imagine this dramatic call, this one-time thing, this life-altering, crazy faith moment... But when I think about my life, I'm not sure I could point to one step that was like, that was the step that everything changed. And, and, and instead, it's been a little more like this. It's been a lot of steps. For example, when God called me to ministry, I can't think of a moment when it happened. I, I can't think of some dramatic moment when all of a sudden... I, was do, I needed to do ministry, and I knew it. It was more like a series of choices that God had led me down a path throughout my life. But every one of those choices was a step out of the boat. In fact, I was thinking about this this week, and I went back to a really obscure moment that I think was part of the plan. I, 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 I was asked to sing a solo 
in high school at a school assembly. And for some reason, I said yes. Well, the statistics say that public speaking is the number one fear, but I'm telling you it's not. Singing in front of 800 teenagers to a track on a stage by yourself as a senior in high school is the scariest thing you'll ever do. Unless your name is Christy Cosper, now Christy Manning, and that's what she's built to do. But for me, no, it's not my thing, right? I, wasn't, I, was, I had joined the choir as a junior, not because I loved singing or was passionate about it, because my friends were there. Right? So I got in the choir because, you know, choir people are the coolest. <laughs> I didn't stand out in choir. I have no idea why my teacher asked me to sing other than I assume everybody else said no. But I was young and dumb enough. I didn't know. So I said, sure. And I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And I've been trying to remember what song I did, and I could not remember it. I know it wasn't something like something cool like Eminem, you know. It was a, you, know, you better lose yourself in the music the moment you better own it wasn't that cool I could do it though you only get one shot no just kidding I did not do something cool my teacher picked the song it was something forgettable but here's what I remember about the song there was a really hard part in the song like a high part like to do it I had to go for it you know what I mean I had to belt it out right so I <laughs> So I, I mustered up the courage. I got up on stage in front of all my peers, and I start to sing. And, and I'm telling you, I was crushing it. Like, the crowd was like, okay, Tim, yeah, yeah. And then I got to the high part, and I went for it. But my voice cracked, not like sort of cracked, like really cracked. And how many know you shouldn't do crack? I, it was bad. Like, every, it wasn't like kind of like, did, did something happen there? It was like clear as a bell. So I sat down after I was done, and the dude sitting next to me said, man, you were doing really good until that one part. <laughs> How many know that that's, if you know the story of Peter, like, you were doing really good until you started to sink. We were cheering you on, and then you started to sink yeah, we were with you until that one part. And when I think about that little silly moment, right, I got to tell you something, though. Um, we aren't going to be perfect when we step out of the boat, but I'm telling you, God is growing us for some greater purpose. I'll tell you about three years later, I'm at church as a college student. The worship leader at that church for the youth ministry moved, made a decision to move, and he moved to another state. And... Uh, Immediately, there's a need for, the, for a worship leader, and guess who's standing there? Well, that summer, I started dating Christy, so I was standing next to her. And they were like, uh, hey, why can't we get this little dynamic duo, this Christian, super Christian couple, to lead us in worship? So we got a little, you know, we got some signs with our picture. No, we didn't do that. Um, no, we started leading worship. And two to three years earlier, Voice cracking Tim would have never imagined that's what was coming, right? But I had grown my comfort zone, even through failure, even through embarrassment. I had grown my comfort zone because guess what was never going to happen again? I was never going to, I learned how to sing. I was never going to let my voice crack again. And I'm sure, and I'm sure Peter was like, I'm never going to sink again. Now, 
here's the deal. My voice cracked again. Peter sunk again in other ways. But I was growing and expanding my comfort zone. And for the first three or four years of doing ministry, guess what? I was a worship leader. But how many know me being a worship leader is what led me to who I am today? And, and what I'm telling you is you never know what God is up to when you expand your comfort zone. You never know. For faith to rise up, for you to expand your comfort zone, God has a plan for it. So when we look at that image and we see why when we do this, what was once outside of my comfort zone has moved into something else that now is normal. Now is something that I consider I would do on the daily, right? There was a time I was uncomfortable coming into a church and raising my hands in worship. There was a time that was uncomfortable for me. Now it's just the way I do it. Doesn't mean you have to do it that way, but I believe that's an example, right, of how God grows us into our, a new reality of who we should be. To expand your comfort zone is to have to step out of the boat a little bit every day. In fact, it's stepping out of the boat all the time. Peter didn't step out of the boat once. He did it again and again through his entire life. In our culture, we are enamored with our careers equating to our purpose and our identity. We believe we are defined by what we do. So this story of Peter stepping out of the boat has become almost folklore that God someday is going to reveal our great purpose and our destiny about what we're supposed to do with a job. And we wait for that because in that moment, will you trust him? Will you surrender to that call? Will you, will you dive off the cliff trusting that the angels of Jesus are going to catch you? <laughs> I mean, we have this image like there's one huge moment and we love to use this passage to reinforce our superhero complex of stepping out of the boat to surrender to Jesus. We think it's all about one time. We think it's about one moment that changes everything. The superhero who trusted in Jesus and saved the day, but we all know it's not about one moment. It's faith is about a lot of steps, steps out of a lot of different boats. This wasn't even Peter's biggest act of faith. We think it is. It's a good one. It's definitely a pretty incredible miracle. But it's, it's his version of really just seeing it at a high school assembly. The only ones watching were those that were close to him, right? This is the beginning for Peter. Bigger things were coming. Think about what we know of Peter. On the day of Pentecost, Peter steps up to preach to thousands. He'd never done that. Don't you know that was another step out of the boat for him? But how many know he was more prepared for it because he had walked on water? Think about Peter stood boldly in front of the men who had, who had crucified Jesus. He looks at them and he says, who do you think I'm going to listen to? Do you think I'm going to listen to you? Do you think I'm going to listen to God? I'm going to listen to God. How many know that what, he was prepared for that moment? Peter was the key leader after Jesus who broke the barrier between Jew and Gentile so the gospel could go forward. Peter would eventually be killed for his faith, Right? crucified like Jesus, but records kind of show us that Peter didn't want to be crucified in the same manner that his Savior was crucified, so he requested to be crucified upside down. This is who Peter was, right? Peter was stepping out of the boat all the time every day, and every time it expanded his comfort zone of what he believed, God had given them the authority and the ability and the power to do. We all have things that work to stop us from stepping out of the boat. A lot of times it's that question, what if? What if becomes a really big question. Sort of drives that fear. Fears will get in the way. So we might say, well, what if I trust God with this decision? 
and things don't work out. Anybody ever had that? What if I trust God with this decision and things don't work out? Well, I can flip that. What if it does work out? What, what, if, what if it leads to all sorts of paths that you never saw coming? What if that's the step out of the boat for you? Sometimes it's with our money. What, what, if I, what if I do what God says and I actually start to tithe? And then at the end of the month, I don't have enough money. Well, what if God actually does more with your 90% than you could ever do with your 100%? And what if he uses that 10% that you gave to do things that you couldn't even imagine? Or what if, what if, you know, what if I, my, I invite a friend to church and, and, they, and they say no and, and they reject me? Well, what if they don't? What if, what if they've been thinking about faith in their life for a long time and they've just never talked to anybody about it and God is calling you to step out? Or what if, what if I try and disciple someone younger and then I mess them up? What if you don't? What if you help ignite the fire in that person and then that person leads another person and that person leads another person and it, you start to see the multiplying effect of making disciples? So many of us stop ourselves before we ever even, we ever even imagine what could happen because we are stopped by what might not happen. Peter said, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. It's a step of faithful obedience. And today I know is very metaphorical. I'm not, I mean, there's, there's things you're going to have to draw your own conclusions about your life and what this looks like. But it does remind me of another story in Mark 9. When the father came to Jesus and asked him to heal his son. Do you remember the story? I'm sure you will when I tell you a little bit more about it. But he says, he says to Jesus, if you can, would you heal my son? And Jesus said, if I can. He says, everything's possible for the one who believes. And then the father said what? He said, oh, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. What if he doesn't heal? But what if he does? What if he doesn't help his son? But what if he does? Listen, we're all in this boat together. We're all in it together. We're, we're asking what if questions and fear. We start to see it in our eyes like, if I step out and do this, what's going to happen? It's only going to expand your comfort zone. Even in our struggle, even in our failure, even when our voice cracks, even when we sink, God is doing a deeper work than we understand. He's expanding you and growing your faith. So even in the moments when he doesn't heal, guess what? The fact that you stepped out to ask him for healing, he'll grow you. He'll, he'll expand your comfort zone. So many of us are afraid to ask God because we are afraid of being disappointed. I'm telling you, there's power in the ask. I'm telling you, there's power in the faith that rises up in you that says, you know what, I'm not going to let what if it doesn't happen the way I want or what if I get disappointed to stop me because I'm going to allow faith to rise up in me to change me. Unfortunately, most of us struggle as boat people. And other people in your life who are also boat people will try and keep you in the boat by maybe bringing up the what ifs. You ever have anybody in that in your life? I don't know if the disciples were yelling at Peter in that moment. Can you imagine it though? They're in the boat. Peter's up on the edge of that boat. He's about to go. What do you think they're saying? Go, go, go. No. What are you doing? Andrew, his brother's there. Andrew's like, Pia, don't step out. <laughs> English accents, it's in the Bible. He's like, don't do it. Don't you know 
the boat people were afraid what might happen to Peter if he stepped out. So the boat people are like, no. But Peter was not focused on who was behind him. He was only focused on who was in front of him. You see, listen. When we listen to the voices of the people that we aren't supposed to be following instead of the one we are supposed to follow, we will stop short of the person God has called us to become. The best leaders are the best followers. There is a reason Peter was used to be the builder, the rock of the church. There's a reason that Peter was used to be the leader because somehow this guy saw Jesus in the storm when everybody else saw fear. Doesn't mean he wasn't afraid, it just means he exercised faith over fear. He believed Jesus had him no matter what. The boat people unknowingly cling to the small, the limited, and the safe version of faith. So stepping out of the boat always feels dangerous, but it's actually quite the opposite, isn't it? It's in the boat where the most dangerous version of our faith lives. Because in the boat, we'd rather Jesus get in the boat with us than us get out with him. Boat people like to domesticate Jesus, don't they? But how many know that Jesus is way better being a lion than a kitten? We have to step out of the boat of the familiar church. We are, we are moving into 10 years. And what is that going to mean for you? What does it mean to be a part of OKC community? What does it mean to be a part of God's kingdom? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus in your life right now? Are you going to keep doing the same familiar things? Are you going to allow yourself to be changed, to be expand, expand your comfort zone? Here's what I know. We we love the territory of the familiar, but God operates most deeply in the places that are unfamiliar. He is calling us out into the ocean of possibility that are only possible with our Savior. That's where it's at. So let me ask you, what feels unfamiliar to you, but if you were going to listen to your heart of hearts, you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit whispering to you, what is the thing that feels familiar, yet you hear him saying, come? He's inviting you to come. God wants to expand your comfort zone. So what if you step out of the boat? Which, by the way, the boat is usually just self-preservation. But all we're really preserving in our attempt for self-preservation is the small, limited version of living that the boat provides. And God wants to give you so much more. So what feels unfamiliar to you? What, what feels unfamiliar that yet God is still inviting you to come? Every one of us, no matter where we are in our faith journey, brand new to God, exploring God, deep, committed follower of Jesus in this room, you have not yet stepped out of all the boats and into all the water that God wants you to step into. There's more. You see, Peter was stepping out of the boat every day, but it was all sorts of boats all the time. So I want to pray, and I want us to respond to this invitation, and I'm just praying the Lord starts speaking to us today. So would you, uh, yeah, I would like to, I'd like to stand together. Would you stand? We're going to pray. Would you bow your heads? 
Holy Spirit, would you come today, move today? I believe you're gonna be inviting some people to take steps today, to step out of familiar, to step out of old ways, to step out of, could be sin, could be addiction, could be, could be a relationship. It could just be a life that is reserved and afraid to be faithful or afraid to be this, <laughs> to, to publicly display our affection for you, Father afraid to talk about you, whatever it is, Father, I know that, Lord, you want to move in some people today. I know that you want to break through some walls today. So, Holy Spirit, would you start doing that right now? God is always inviting you to step out of the boat. And he doesn't just invite you once. He invites you throughout your life. And I just want to ask a really simple question. If you just believe, maybe you don't even know what it is yet, but you just are like, I'm in a place where I desire for faith to rise up in me. I'm in a place that desires for my comfort zone to be expanded. Would you just acknowledge that before the Lord today? I can't even see you because of the lights. Just raise your hand to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I just want to, I have a desire for faith to rise up in me. I have a desire to expand my comfort zone. I want to step out of the boat in my life. Just raise your hand, lift it up real high before him right now say, God, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't figured it all out yet, but I know you have more. Just say a prayer to him right now. Say, Lord, invite me to come. Tell me to come. Command me to come. And I will be faithful. I will be obedient to that call. There's a few in the room that it's like your step. We're all over there at some point by the way, your step is to say yes to God right now, to say yes to Jesus. Jesus invites all of us to come to him. The Bible says all who would call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the, is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If, that's, if you're in a place right now that you're saying, I just need God in my life, I need Jesus in my life, I'm done fighting, I'm done resisting, I'm done running, and I just want to surrender to him. I need hope. And I'm coming to the conclusion that Jesus is my only hope. If that's where you're at, it's not just faith rising up. It's hope rising up in you. It's love rising up in you. It's, it's, it's a longing. He says he will draw all people to himself. He's drawing you right now. If that's where you're at, you can just say a simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I give you my life. Just pray that to him. Say, Jesus, I love you and I give you my life. I love you and I give you my life. And if you're praying a prayer like that, when we pray in just a moment, our prayer team will be up here. They'd love to talk with you. It'd be the thrill of their entire week if you just said, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Just come and talk to him. But Lord, we give you this time as we sing, as we worship. Lord, would you, would you expand the comfort zone in this place? Would you, would you push us past the barriers of the familiar and the safe and the limited and the small. And may we trust you in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we worship. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.